Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Welcome to Real Cuff Radio. I'm really excited because we have somebody that you probably have seen or probably have heard before. Um, But when I first was told, you know, I felt like God was telling me, interview this guy. And I'm thinking, interview him? What am I going to interview him about? Pillows. And then I started looking into, uh, you know, his story and everything, and I was just blown away because this is a true American story uh, from rags to riches, from, uh, you know, he had substance abuse problems and and uh, completely overcame it. And, and even, we were talking right before the show, even all the way where he has now met the president and been honored. And so I want to welcome Mike Lindell, and he is the creator, the inventor, the founder, the CEO of MyPillow. How are you today, Mike? Real good, Todd. Thanks for having me on. Well, we're really excited because uh, I just, when I started doing research on you and uh, finding out all this stuff, I was like, well, no wonder he wants me to interview you. I mean, there's just a ton <laughs> of things. Um, even uh, even the, the uh, I, I heard about the movie. I don't know if y'all have released that yet. The uh, There's going to be a movie about your life, but I heard there was a one that you did with Stephen Baldwin uh, uh, called Youth Group. Yes. Yep. Yes. That's and, been uh, launch. Yep. Yeah. Has it has it been released or? We haven't released it yet. We we are finished. I have a cameo in it. It's a. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Stephen's one of my best friends, and we decided. I told him, uh, eventually, I want to make a movie from about my life. I have my book coming out, and he said, uh, he says, brother, I'll do you one better. Let's go make a couple movies so you learn the whole business. And that, and we did. And it's uh, it was. It's gonna be. It's an awesome movie. So when it comes out, uh, it's gonna come out probably uh, before Christmas, I would say. Well, good. You know, that's somebody else. I need to interview him about the movie. And then yeah. also, so your book has not been released yet either. No, that's called What Are the Odds? And if you read my book, uh, by the time you if you finish the book, if you don't if you don't believe in God, you got to reread it because. Uh, there's so many miracles there, and I want to show people, you know, you have a one in a million, a one in a billion that happened, and you start adding together in your own life, and when do you consider it that, it, you know, it had to be God, it had to be a miracle, and um, that's, um, you know, I've had 14 near-death experiences, I, but, I, but I've had all these things that, have, that I know God carried me through, even uh, when... Um, and, you know, I've kept, I have proof of all these things in the book. You're going, wow, if those things really happen, that's, this had, you know, it had to be, uh, it had to be divine, divine intervention. Well, you know, we love stories like this because I met my wife on the mission field. Um, you know, the whole thing. I mean, I, I had a dream about a business. We started the business. It, it, it kind of, you're running a lot along the same lines. And so, um, it, it, it's just you see God's hand in every little thing, and sometimes you don't realize it till after, and then you go back and go, "Wow, you know." And uh, so you want to start and, and share a little of your testimony, and then we'll catch up to uh, uh, you know oh, yeah. your company. 
Yeah, I was, uh, well, I can go back. I was a crack cocaine, I mean, a cocaine addict uh, since the early 80s. Um, I, um, I graduated in 1979 uh, from the same place I have my company now, Chaska, Minnesota. In, uh, and uh, I, raised, I was a very functioning addict. I, had, I was married 20 years for four kids. And when, uh, when you got to, uh, I, had, I was always kind of an, I was an entrepreneur. I had different, I'd been in treatment a few times for, uh, you know, to get your license back and stuff like that. And, uh, and uh, I had, um, I was a very functioning addict. Uh, we, we raised our, our family here for, and was married 20 years. Well, she, we had, uh, we had bars that didn't help any. We had local bars I had started or, you know, I bought in my contract for deeds. I didn't have any credit and, and uh, that didn't really help the addictions at all. And uh, then uh, in 2000, I sold them. And in 2004, I, God gave me this idea for this pillow. And I would have, I would have these different dreams. And I and and even though I wasn't, you know, Jesus wasn't right by me all the time. Or I didn't, I didn't have as my personal savior. I, I always knew that, you know, I believed in God. I had His hand. He had His hand in everything I was doing. And I. Um, and you know, I was like anyone else. I, when things were going bad, I would pray, you know, God, get me through this, get me through this. And, and, uh, anyway, I, I got this idea for this pillow and it was, um, I was called my, you know, I had the dream of even my pillow and I wrote it all over the house. There weren't any mys in. I had my pillow wrote all over. My daughter came upstairs and one of my daughters and she said, what you, she's like 10 or 12 years old. And she said, what are you doing, dad? And I said, uh, God gave me an idea for this pillow. I, I got this pillow in a dream and it's going to be called my pillow. And she goes, that's really random. And she walked back downstairs at two in the morning. And, and uh, but I worked on it for a year and a half and, and then I was turned down everywhere for the pillow um, at all the box stores everywhere. I, and, and uh, when I finally had it done and I, and, uh, and I, if you go, it was like I walked into a you know a a box store and they go I have the best pillow ever made how many would you want and and they uh they you know you need to leave you know type thing it was that my friends all said you're you're never going to get a patent on a pillow and and I was all these naysayers that you're not going to you know you're um, on the invention of the this pillow and well a friend of mine said do a kiosk and we borrowed money I was down to nothing then just absolutely no money left and. I ended up doing this kiosk, didn't even know how to spell it. We only sold 80 pillows over two months. And but one of the guys that happened to buy it, and I always call this, you know, one of the divine appointments that I had given him my phone number. It's the only one I gave my phone number during those two months. And, and in January, he called me. He says, are you the guy that invented this pillow? And I said, yes. And he said, I run the mini, it created a miracle in my life. He says, I run the Minneapolis Home and Garden Show. Would you like to have a, a spot in there and I said sure and uh, well I borrowed money even to do that but I sold out the last 300 or the only 300 the last money I had to my name was in those pillows and and then I learned or at that time um, you know I go well at least I can support my family doing doing home shows and fairs well not at that time I had gotten into crack cocaine in the early 2000s and and it was a lot harder to function with on crack. And it was, uh, but I had put all my energies into inventing this pillow. Well, over the next, uh, you know, seven or six years doing, uh, doing home shows and stuff and fairs where they, there was so much betrayal, even, you know, being an, and, and also my own adversity, I ended up getting divorced of 20 years. 
the house, we, we lost the house. It was literally lights out. And um, I had people trying to take the comp or take what I had, copy the patents. They, I did end up getting patents. And there was just all this betrayal. And, and, um, and I would get down. I always say in, in 2008, I actually had the drug dealers do an intervention on me. I had been up for weeks, a couple weeks, and they did an intervention because I'd always told them, you know, I said the the pillow is just a platform for a much greater thing, and I knew this. And I and and um, actually, it was the spring of 2008, and my my uh, these the other, the three biggest dealers in the cities. They said, you know, you uh, you need to go to bed. I was or, and or nobody's going to sell you anything and. I actually snuck out about three in the morning and went downtown and nobody would sell to me. I mean, I, it was amazing. They had got the word out and, and I got back and, uh, and, uh, he said, he said, he's waiting up. He said, how'd that work out for you? And I said, I said, uh, I was all upset. And he said, here, give me your phone. I'm going to take your picture. You're going to need that for your book. So I actually have that on, that's going to be on my book. That picture of me being up for over 14 days. And, and, um, but that was in the spring. I didn't quit then in the spring of 2008. And so many things had to happen that year for me to quit. I I had, um, I had, uh, my sister called me up and she said that she goes, God, uh, God's tired of you waiting for you. You're, you have an amazing platform. He's given you with the pillow. That's going to, um, that's going to, you know, and she didn't know what she goes, you have a calling on your life. That's going to, it's, 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 bigger than you can ever imagine. And she goes, you've got to quit standing in front of semis and thinking you can, uh, you know, that nothing's going to, it's not going to hurt you and uh, or that you're going to be, you know, God's going to end up choosing somebody else. Well, and uh, well, I use that thinking, well, you know what, if I have this big platform and I'm, and I'm doing, and I'm doing this drugs to mask my pain, you know, I, I believe all drugs are masking pain from stuff that's happened when you're a childhood, whether it's trauma or whatever. Mine was a, um, I was, my parents divorced when I was nine years old and, uh, or seven years old. So I was babysitting at that age. I was the oldest child and, uh, I didn't know how much it affected me, but that's, you know, you, a lot of stuff when your child affects you and well, so I'm thinking, well, so what you're saying here is I'm going to quit these drugs and I'm going to have this big platform and, and, uh, for, for God and, and to help people, but yet I'm going to still have my inner pain. And so this went on through 2008 and it got to be January 16th, 2009. And there was nothing left. Um, it had actually went down. It was like, I always explain it. Maybe like the old, remember the dot on the, uh, I don't know how old you are, but the dot on the TVs that used to be the black and white where you turn that, you turn it off and that little dot would get real tiny and you turn it back on before it went out. Yeah, and, I do uh, remember that. And, uh, yeah, well, that's the way. Yeah, that's the way I knew it. January sixteenth, two thousand nine. I'm going. If I don't, you know, I go. I I knew I had to quit that day because one more day, and it would have been it would have been over. I would have it would have been gone. The uh, what God had planned, and I I had one prayer that day. I said, God, I want to wake up in the morning and never have the desire again for alcohol, cocaine, crack cocaine cigarettes, everything, all my addictions that I had. And, and, um, uh, I did, I woke up in the morning and I'm going, and I expected to be the biggest weight on my shoulders and going, but instead it was the peacefulest feeling I ever had. 
And I just said, and I go, wow. And I, you know, I said, Jesus, I'm all yours. And we, and that was January 16, 2009. Mike, that, that in itself is amazing because I worked, I worked in those drug rehabs for years and all, you know, and I have to agree with you. They would come in on one drug and then they would mask it with another drug. And, and then right. that it's just a cycle went on and went on. And I kept seeing they would go and then they'd come back and they go. And, and, mm-hmm. and especially off of crack. I mean, that is just amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was the most, uh, and I just, it, the desire was gone. And, and, uh, you know, I'll do a little uh, fast forward. I mean, all my friends that you were crack addicts, they followed suit. They seen that I was able to do it and it gave them hope and gave them uh, that we, we thought crack was unbeatable. We said, you know, we were doomed. Even my dealers, when I switched from cocaine to crack, they're going, you're never going to be able to quit ever now. Cause they, and I always had told them someday I'm going to quit and it's going to, um, God's going to put me on this amazing platform. I'm going to come back and help you all and help people. And, and, uh, but yeah, they uh, and then from that it was funny because the, the the miracles that started happening after that. I'll tell you one quick story here. The a week later, my company was taken by or what, what little bit I had left. Like the pillow was copied by these guys that worked for me, and the guy had took the fabric and I needed, I needed the bottom line was I needed thirty thousand dollars cash the following Friday to buy my pat, fabric. Uh, back from these guys that took it, and they didn't—they didn't think I'd ever come up with the money. Well, I had—I had met this guy a couple of weeks prior, and he said, "Well, if you ever need anything, I have a, some friends of mine that—they're uh, always—they're kind of mavericks. They, you know, they're entrepreneurish when they had this com- big company." Well, a week later, he got me an appointment with them, and I went in there a week later, and to get this thirty thousand dollars cash, and I w- walked in, and these guys were all in suits, and I'm going, and I'm in this T-shirt, and they're going, you know, and I had. For me, I, I never thought I could speak in front of people. I have two people. I had always been on, on drugs when I had spoke. That was my crutch. Well, I walked in there, and God said, you know, you're going to get the money from these, from these guys. Well, there was a CEO, CFO, CIEIO, all these different Cs. And, and I went in there and started telling them my story. These guys had take my company and copied it, and I needed my fabric. And I had a plan how I was going to do home shows and fairs with some friends and make this money up. And then I said, I used to be a crack cocaine addict and all this. And all of a sudden the one guy goes, well, when did you quit crack? And I said, last Thursday. And he goes, what? And four of them left the room. And I said, well, now there's four. Yeah, I need 7,500 a piece. And anyway, to make the long story short is I walked out of there with that money and with the cash. And I, you know, I paid him back when I said I was going to pay him back, but I had no collateral, no nothing. And I've asked him since, why did you believe in me and why did you borrow me that money that day? And they, they, to this day, they go, it was just such a, um, the passion or whatever. And they, they, they still don't know. We know why, but you know, it was, uh, God said, you're giving them this money, but, but it was, uh, that was just the start of little miracles that, uh, kept happening then. Wow. That's great. Maybe you ought to share a little bit about your near death experience. I, I heard one where you were, you were trying to get where you could do your, uh, static your last static line jump so you could do free fall and i used right. to be uh i was in the army i was in airborne and uh anyway i just kind of <laughs> laughed because i you know i've been there and i've seen right. people hit hit the ground and bounce off like that and uh and some of them did not do well matter of fact i remember one died but uh uh 
yeah, it, it's just amazing how God has had his hand on you. Right, right. Well, that one you're talking about, I was actually, I was 17 years old, and I was, um, I had just got a whole bunch of tickets on a motorcycle at 17, to be exact, out running the police because I didn't have a motorcycle endorsement. And it was a month before my 18th birthday, so I thought I could just wait till then. Well, I had all these tickets now hanging over my head, and I was going down for that last jump, and, and I had been up, uh, I was working two or three jobs at the time at a drive-in movie theater, and, and I here I fell asleep on my motorcycle, crashed my motorcycle, slid perfectly into the ditch, and I'm heading down skydiving. Well, I get back on the bike, and I'm all banged up, and I get down there to do that last jump of, with by static line, and and uh, I had a streamer just, you know, just uh, um, above me. I think that's what they call it. We had the big round shoots back then. And, and instead of the square, well, I had this big glob up above, and I didn't dump it. And about, I don't know, maybe 2,000 feet, a little bubble on the side opened up, and it slowed me enough where it didn't blow up in what the altimeter or whatever it is, for the, um, you know, if you're going too fast or whatever. And, uh, and that, so that didn't come open. Well, then... Um, I hit the ground. They, I don't know. They figured 40, 50 miles an hour. I hit the ground. I was knocked out. Well, so the 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 spare chute didn't open. Or no, the spare chute, you... and, and I didn't dump. And I didn't dump the other chute. So, so yeah. it, it was. Uh, but it slowed me enough where it didn't blow up in the spare chute where they would have both tangled probably. You know, and and uh, and uh, right, right. You know, Got you. And so when I hit the ground, now, now I come to. And the jump master is down in the plane, but off in the distance, you know, they got the, you know, the emergency coming or whatever. And, um, um, and all I could think about was getting out of there because I didn't have a motorcycle endorsement. And I'm and uh, so I said, I'm leaving. He goes, you didn't dump your shoot. I said, you don't get it. I said, I'm not coming back. And I, I go and you know, this is 1978 or whatever. And, and, uh, and, uh, you know, they just kind of anything went there. And I said, well, I'm leaving. You can't make me stay. And I jumped on my motorcycle and I'm just, I'm just like groggy. I'm banged up from the accident and the hitting the ground. And I actually passed the emergency vehicles coming in and the, uh, and, uh, got home. It was an hour and 15 minutes to get home. And I said, God, if you get me home, I'm never going to ride a motorcycle again or jump out of an airplane. And I never have since that day. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Wow, I I I bet, especially two in one day. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, but I had a lot of things, you know, so many things happen like that. But uh, you know, for me, for me, I mean, I I don't even even those kind of miracles. Uh, you know, I just think back. You know, when 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 I was set free of all my addictions, to me, that's the biggest miracle. With a, uh, and uh, you know, that happened. Um, but I had so many, you know. Uh, I was trapped under the ice once and couldn't find, couldn't get up where, you know, that's, you know, um, out, out hunting and I slid under the ice and I couldn't get back up. Another time I, well, we were moving an air conditioner off a roof and I, and I pulled the, the, the line from the crane into the high wires and, uh, everything burst into flames and blew five foot holes in the tar and wrecked half the town grid. And they don't know how I lived through it. And they still don't know, um, uh, the, the wire, the crane wire melted, and the uh, four by four started on fire, and I nothing happened to me. It was amazing. Um, well, but, I yeah. bet you, your book is going to be fantastic because you have so much put in there, and it also will give so much hope to people. Yeah, well, it's it, it is surreal for me. I mean, we we uh, 
you know, when I to finish the story with my pillow, we got up to, uh, um, I just did fair, home shows and fairs from that day I quit on. And then it got up to, I thought, you know what, if nobody's going to take this, um, what kept me going there, you know, I would go to these home shows and fairs and people would come up and go, wow, this pillow changed my life. It's creating a miracle. And, and, you know, people even ask me to this day, how do you have that much passion 13 years later for a pillow? And I'm going, uh, because I love helping people and it's helped so many people. Well, here, I decided in, in 2011 to, to all my friends and family, I said, let's get, you know, put our, I got a dream of this infomercial. We're going to, this half hour infomercial and we're going to make it real. And I'm just going to be with a friend of mine and talk and, and just make it, make it real like at those shows and with a real audience and, we did a no teleprompter and it launched October 7th of 2011 at 3 a.m. in the middle of the night. And I had five employees and most, most of my kids and me. And uh, 40 days later, we had 500 employees. It was, uh, it was That's just it was, crazy. Yeah, it was surreal. They go, Mike, you need to be CEO. I go, why do I want to be CEO? Don't they just take money? And then I go, Mike, we need an <laughs> HR department. I go, we need an HR department. I go, that sounds horrible. And you know, we, we were hired. We were hiring people. I'll never forget. We were hiring people off the street. Everybody knew me in this in my county, but we, they're coming to me for jobs, and I'm going. Um, you know, I'm hiring people. What's your name, Mark and Luke? I said, well, those are two nice names of the Bible. You're hired. You know, it didn't matter. We didn't as fast as we could hire people, and uh, we. Uh, I actually had trained a call center in uh, on my in my pillow, and because for me, customer service is so much a part of it too. And I called it up, and the, I said, what's in that pillow? And the guy says, I don't know. Google it. So I got rid of them that on the third day. We built our own calls, and we had people in my town taking calls and connecting the phones, and it was uh, it was just surreal. Just kidding. I mean, it was like, wow. And it, uh, what, what, what I really like is the fact that your children were working with you. Oh, yeah, yeah. They've, uh, they've been a big part of this, even going all the way back. The uh, – you know, back in the day when we, when I, my one son and I tore foam on the deck for a year and a half and bending the pillow, I kept telling him the dream. He was my youngest son. And I said, I said, you know, I said someday, and I, and I wrote this factory out. I said, and you could actually, I said, we're going to have a quality control and all these things. And you could actually lay that right over my factories right now that I have in my, in my hometown. And he, but they all took part of it. They've all done so many different things. Now my that same son runs my manufacturing and uh, he's in charge of about 800 of my 1600 employees. And my other daughter's a graphic designer. She went to school. She does all this stuff for my pillow. We do everything ourselves in internally. We don't go outside of my pillow. We, we, um, our, you know, call center, my print, we still have people doing shows on the road. My one son and my daughter have done that. So all the four kids took part and it's been just amazing. That is fantastic. And one of these days I've got to, come up and see your factory yeah we have we just opened another one um i have now three hundred and fifty thousand square feet of factory in four different buildings and it's just amazing because a lot of the most of the machines we had developed you know invented ourselves or got back then i had to actually invent the machine that made the pieces for the for the pillow on the inside and it was from uh, me working on a farm when i was a kid an old hammer mill and, uh, but a lot of the, you know, we just do the stuff ourselves and, and I put, God's blessed me. I've been able to put people in the right positions for like my, 
this guy was a house painter. Now he runs my maintenance and, you know, my IT department, she learned online. I mean, there's just so many people that are so talented and putting them in the right positions. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, and I, I still don't really have what you call traditional HR where people keep a file on you to fail. We run our, our company like, I run it kind of like a ministry where we help, we help people. So if someone's having problems, they, they know if, uh, if someone brings it up to, to us, to me or whatever, we'll get them help, whether it would be, uh, you know, let's say someone does a no-call, no-show in the middle of the night. Well, we, uh, we find out why. Well, maybe, his, maybe he's gotten a fight and his wife left him or something. Well, I don't want to come to work either, you know. I mean, in, uh, one time a guy, we found out he was coming in late for like two weeks. We find out he was walking for the last six months 14 miles back and forth to work, so I bought him a car. One of the employees said, well, why don't I get a car? Because you didn't walk 14 miles back and forth to work, you know. And, yeah. Uh, we just, uh, we really help, uh, um, you know, we're like a big family. Even though we have, you know, 1,600 employees, it's just, uh, it's an amazing, uh, it's, you know, everybody, if, if people are having, uh, you know, we don't set up a file on them so we can, you know, so you can fire them like a traditional, it seems like corporate America, like, you know, as well, as soon as you're, as soon as you're, uh, you know, you're making too much, we'll get rid of you and hire someone younger and to, to, to do this. And, you know, there's so many things back when I had one of my first jobs at a grocery store, I was end up get I ended up getting fired there like, I don't know, three, four times. And, and he finally said it was over things like, I didn't like his rules and I didn't like how it was done. He goes, well, Mike, why don't you get your own company someday and you can make your own rules. Well, I wanted to make it how I would feel as an employee and and that's the way I built my pillow. You know, one of the things I didn't like in in, in the way things are is, you know, if someone pat or dies, it's uh, you know, okay, if it's your uncle, you got to be back to work in two days. If it's your parents, uh, a week, uh, four days. If it's a child, five days. Who sets the grieving process? What well, we do at my pillow. If somebody close to you um, dies, we you just come back when you want. We pay you while you're gone, and no and. Uh, and, uh, or if somebody's hurt and they have a life-threatening illness, we pay them while they're out. Uh, and we've had some people, it's been four or five months where they come back and God's, you know, we pray for them and they come back. But we, the last thing they need is, is to worry about money while they're doing that. And we've never had anybody abused, and it's been amazing. That's incredible. Another thing, too, we do, if somebody gets a better opportunity, they can leave my pillow. And if it doesn't work out, they can come right back where they started pay-wise, wherever they were in the in the company. And we create careers, not not workers. I mean, everyone, I pay my employees so good, but you, I'll tell you what, they um, it just, I, I think they get more work done. Everybody, because of the atmosphere, because of what we've created here. In the, and uh, and um, so, I mean, it's, I mean, to me, everyone says, well, you got to make your stuff overseas. There's nothing better than doing all that, having all your workers here, everything made here. And it's been amazing. In fact, that that um, that's one the one thing when I met the president uh, before the before he was elected, I uh, he called me up and he says or he, he reached out to me I guess by email and he says he says um, you know Mike this is uh, Donald Trump he says could you uh, he says I would uh, I'd like to meet with you and we met and it was every he said my pillow is like everything he wanted in you know for this country you know with the uh, made in America and we talked about the inner cities with that he's get he was gonna do and. All the stuff that's, uh, that we talked about, we even talked about God while I was in there, and that was August 15th of 2016. I walked out of there, I said, wow, I don't want anyone in the world being president other than this man. I went all in, and 
this last uh, couple months, it was in a um, couple months ago, and I guess it was July of, of, of this year, 2017, he reached out to me, and I was at the White House with for the Made in America for all the manufacturers. And I walked in there, and I go, I see my name taken. I go, who's sitting here? And he goes, well, that's the president. He wanted to sit by you. I thought that was just so cool. It's like my friends are going, what? You're an ex-crack addict, and now you're hanging out at the White House. That was just uh, what a surreal feeling, uh, Amer- amazing things that uh, that I, I, I still sometimes can't even believe myself. Well, you know, everywhere I go, Mike, I hear the news media complaining about him, but it seems like, and I, I work in surgery, and I, work, I cover Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, and part of Mississippi, and every mm-hmm. OR I go into, all they're doing is, is – is talking great about the president. So I'm not exactly sure where the news media is getting their information, but it's not coming from the people that are actually working. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's, he is absolutely amazing as a person. And I've been to the white house. Now I was just there a couple of weeks ago again, and the stuff that's getting done, you don't even realize that it's, um, it's amazing. The, the, the media out there is not telling the truth. They're trying to, they're, I don't know. Their agenda is evil. I had a guy. It was funny. I had a guy come up to me. I was in. Uh, uh, I was out in Connecticut, and I was at this event, and there was some. There was about thirty, forty people, and they're all wanting my picture and stuff. But the one guy says to me, he "Goes, yeah, Mike. Um, you know, I, I, I see. Uh, or, or, it's exactly what he said. He goes, you know, I don't believe in God, but he goes, you know, all the all the um, the uh, stuff with with Donald Trump getting appointed." God had to have his hand in it because uh, the odds were so astronomical. And I looked at him and I, and I talked for the next hour and a half to all 30 of them people going, uh, yeah, he was divinely appointed. And the guy's, uh, it, he is so, you know, the amazing thing, too, is I went through after I met him, I went and talked to his employees. And now you want to say if, if the, every one of them talked the same as one of my employees would talk about me. He's went out of his way. His heart is to help people, and he has no agenda other than helping this country and helping people. And he uh, and isn't it funny during the election cycle that not one of his employees came forward and said something negative about him? And believe me, the media tried. Um, I know a lot of them now, and they're going, yeah, they've Hey, do you have anything that none they had all good to say? Of course, they don't. They don't tell you that part. Yeah, you know, back in the '80s, I went to to uh, Washington D.C. to interview uh, President Reagan and Vice President Bush. I believe that Trump will end up being like a Reagan if these people will just give him a chance. Oh, absolutely! You know? And you know, him and I, when I met him, when I walked in to his office. On August 15th, January, in 2016, I walked in there and it was, and we, the first thing he said, he says, Mike, you always, you always wear your cross. He says, are you a Christian? I said, yeah. And I said, this is a divine appointment. That's the only thing I could figure out. We talked about the, um, the inner cities, been, you know, I have a foundation, my own foundation where it's, uh, we're going to help the individual hundred percent of the money goes to the need and there's no overhead that's paid by my pillow and, and myself and other, and other entities. So it's an amazing, that's an a side thing, but we talked about that. We talked about all the things, uh, the inner cities and the stuff that his that he's going to do. And so much of this is uh, is coming to fruition. You don't realize, that. and you're exactly right. If they quit blocking him, especially the you know your own party. I mean, come on, you know. I mean, but if but if they 
if the media and everything would just, you know, let him get done what he wants, he will, it'll all get done. And the thing is, like I told my friends and stuff, I said, you know what? He doesn't know how to fail. He's going to get there whether, you know, whether they, uh, and God's appointed him and things are going to get, uh, everything he said is going to come to fruition. And I truly believe that. And people have said, because they came to me, well, Mike, what do you think now about, you know, this? And I'm going, you know what? I've been there. I know what's getting done that you don't even know about, the good things that are happening. How can you deny all the things right now that, uh, with the jobs and with the, 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 the stock market, the uh, unemployment rate, on all these things? And, and he's, only got, he's only begun. I mean, these other... These other things that they've stopped, these big issues, you know, those are going to get done. Which, but you're right, it's going to be. I believe it's going to be just like Reagan, where you start out, and then all of a sudden, you, you know, five, six, ten years from now, you're going to go, wow, what a, what an amazing thing he had to overcome, and look at all the great things that came out of this. Let Let me bring you back to my pillow, though. Okay, I, I don't know if my wife has got on yet or not, but if you, yes, okay, I'm so, here. Hey, Julie. Hello. Hey, Hello, so Hi. if Mike, if you were going to tell her about your pillow, because like I told you a couple of weeks ago, she said, you know, my neck's hurting and all this. And I said, why don't you get one of those, those, my pillows? I see them on the advertising that, you know, so what would you tell her? Well, 32 million people can't be wrong. We'll start there. No, <laughs> uh, what I would say is, uh, you know, when I invented my pillow, I had tried every pillow out there. I had from memory foam, fiber filled down, hollow fill, everything, and nothing worked. They'd go flat. I would have these sleep interruptions, use my arm, sore neck, headaches, everything. I thought I was, uh, you know, it was just me. And and, uh, when I invented my pillow, the first and foremost, I wanted something that you could move and it would feel soft like down, but it would not go flat. So it would be like you could move it, and it would hold you exactly the right, the right height for you as an individual. And that's what my pillow is. So no matter what position you sleep in it, you move it like you would. You get comfortable on, a, let's say, a down pillow, but it stays there. So it doesn't go, it doesn't go uh, flat during the night, so you're not getting these sleep interruptions. Sleep is about keeping your neck straight. Um, for you as an individual, whether you're side, back, stomach, it's about keeping those, that neck straight so you're not too high or too low. And then you get uh, those muscles, your, your cervical nerves, that your cervical nervous system relaxes, then your muscles in your neck relax, your blood slows, you go into your deep sleep. And you get to sleep faster, you stay there longer, it's quality sleep. And then, and then all the other stuff with my pillow that it stays cool. People, you have sleep interruptions for two reasons, um, a bent neck, or or temperature and that's nothing my pillow doesn't get hot you're not flipping it to the other side and so then what i did then is without the you know with having that then all the other things are just bonuses the 10-year warranty washing and drying 100 percent made in the usa a 60-day money-back guarantee those become just bonuses because none of that matters if it doesn't um, change your life and make you get, you know, because sleep is so important and quality sleep is so important. So, I mean, that's the, that's the thing. I haven't met every, the only, if anybody doesn't like my pill, we have different loft levels because of your size of your frame. And that would be the only reason. And we, we, we once, you know, once in a while we get them where people call up and if they want to return, we exchange for free and we use the other one. We use it in carpet or whatever, but they, but they, when they do that exchange, if they've gotten the wrong size, 
then it's be, it becomes almost virtually zero because everybody is just like, it, it's life-changing. Well, I know she called her um, aunt, or text her aunt, and asked her because her aunt and her uncle both already have one. Mm-hmm. And what did they say, Julie? They said they loved them, but they actually bought them for the house and for the lake house. So everywhere they right. slept or sleep, right. they have a my pillow. Right. Yeah. If you don't. Yeah. If you don't. If once you have them, and then you go, or once you use them, there's nothing like it. So then, if you end up going to, and you don't have them with you, you're right back to where you started. Whatever the things were that you had going on, but especially the sleep interruptions. And I, I'm just did a, I did a huge sleep study, and it's going to come out in about three months. But the preliminary findings were off the charts of what my pillow does compared to everything out there. And it's just a matter of, it's like this. If there was such a device that you could move and it would hold your neck exactly where, you, where it's supposed to be for you, for your comfort level as an individual, and it would stay there all night, it would, be, it would give you the best sleep ever, and there is that device, and that's my pillow, and that, um, that's why, uh, you know, you think about this. I say this, too, all the time. You know, the industry, if you, you know, think of clothing. We all have different size uh, shoes, let's say. Well, if we all had to squeeze into the same size shoe, obviously that wouldn't work. Well, if, just say with pillows, we all have different shoulder widths. We all have different, you know, neck sizes, neck, neck curves. And the industry says, well, this curve fits you all. And they tell us stuff like, oh, they went to the astronauts, they went to the moon and all this stuff. Well, none of that matters. I mean, go, you would have to have thousands of different size pillows to, to micro, oh, this one likes this one, a little bit lower, a little bit higher, unless you can adjust it. And that's what my pillow is. So you don't have to have, uh, you know, hundreds of sizes out there. And, it, and uh, that's the biggest thing is that you're able to, to adjust it for yourself as an individual. And it's amazing. Wow. So, okay, let me ask this. I go to all these hospitals, and I've had quite a few nurses say, well, yeah, I want to buy one and all that. What's the best way for them to order? Do they order it from y'all, or do they um, go to? Yeah, you can, uh, yeah, you, you, mypillow.com, or, um, or call our, you know, we have a, a number um, you can call and order. Order it from me direct. We have the different sizes, or you can get it from box stores and stuff. Um, they, uh, but, yeah, they, we, we're everywhere now, but, but it's uh, – um, you know, it's easy. You can go down to, you know, they're in almost every box store, but the, to get our premium version, which is all the different sizes. So you have, uh, you know, you have different loft levels. If I, uh, me having larger shoulders, I would need more stuff to, to individually, the patented fill to move it and get exactly what I need. I was very much attacked by the media and the better business bureau. Um, when I went, when I did get, uh, did back the president and, they, uh, they went after my buy one, get one free offer that said I ran it too long and they wanted me to take it down. Well, actually, it just went up now this week again. So if you use that, if you use your real cuff promo code, you can get can buy one and get one free. Um, it's just, you know, so that would uh, be huge what, for your listeners. What was amazing to me is that as soon as you decided, you know, to uh, endorse the president, the uh, Better Business Bureau came and did that. You oh, know? absolutely. So, and they, they, you know, it, they it wasn't like there was any time there. It, it just, that's when it happened. And yeah. uh, I, I, I've never, I've re- never really trusted them anyway, but that's a different story. <laughs> right. Yeah. They went from an, you know, they came to me and, that, and I, I actually met with them. I go, you know what? I was your, 
you're, I was up for their Torch Wars, their highest award for, you know, 237 complaints out of 32 million pillows sold. And they, and all those who were, most of them were frivolous, but I answered each one of them, most of them myself. So they, and, and this was over five years. I mean, that's, you know, and these, uh, and then to go from an A plus to an F and then make a public uh, announcement, a press release about it. I think that was pretty much unprecedented. They tried to get all this, not only publicity for themselves, but made it very political. And they, uh, and I think the public spoke and they went after them and said, what are you doing to this great company? This is what we, you know, so I, it was, I was very, very happy that all the, all my customers and the public basically backed me on that. And that was, that was, uh, that was a blessing. That was, um, that was a divine thing by God there that protected us through that. Well, let me ask you, Julie, did you have any questions? Well, I'm just more curious about uh, how did you bring your manufacturing uh, plant into the U.S., more, you know, item by item, detail by detail. As right. Well, see, I started out, yeah. Well, I started out of a, of a little garage and... Every machine, everything I've done myself, built. I, before I was saying I went from five employees to 500 once in 40 days, and I never even ever thought of making any part or anything overseas. I never would. I, I want the people that make stuff overseas, if there's an entrepreneur, anybody out there, there's a lot of problems with doing that because you've got 120 days normally, six, and all your money's tied up, and then if your market changes, either too good or not good enough, you're, you're either stuck with them or you don't have enough products. So you end up air shipping them in or you, you know, or you get it in the products that good enough. And I, I would never, I love, it's so rewarding to have everything made here and all my employees right, right outside of my door. And, and they, I've said it before, when I was at the white house with the president, when they did that main, main the USA, the manufacturing summit, I said right there, I said, when a company leaves the U S and goes overseas. I used a snowmobile company I know about the uh, uh, early, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, left for overseas. It wasn't just them that left. It was the fasteners that did the fasteners. It was the seat manufacturer, the tread. I mean, all these different things on that snowmobile. These manu- It was a very big outfit. They, had, they followed them. So it's like my pillow. I believe my pillow, it's not just my 1,600 employees, but I would bet it's in the tens of thousands of companies they affect because um, not just advertising radio I do, but the part, people that make the fabric, the cotton grown here, the uh, um, you know, and the thread, every every part of it, and all these things in the patented foam made in Wisconsin, um, you know, these all these things and jobs it affects are just amazing if people would just keep uh, would keep their manufacturing here or bring it back. Well, I want to thank you tonight for being on, or this afternoon for being on with us, and uh, very interesting. And I, I really think, too, like I said, I hope this inspires other people to say, you know, that idea that I had in my head is not just an idea, but it is, it is something from God, and do something about it. Mm-hmm. Even in whatever state of mind they might be, how God can still use them, even while they're having issues or let's just say not oh, perfect yeah. well a- absolutely and you know it's, you know my thing is with god all things are possible but you know the if i if i'm if you're people ask me all the time well what would you say to the addict out there or the addict's family um and i always say 
if you if everybody knows uh, you know we especially like the opiate epidemic now and stuff they all know these tragic things people dying young kids dying and everything i've never i've never seen anything like it and neither has this country well everybody also knows the success story and you know if you're the addict or if you're the family you go you go over there and that's hope and you bring them over there and how you find out how did they what happened to them how you know how is this addict you know he's He's okay now, or he's, uh, you know, pursuing his dreams or whatever. Well, most of the time they're going to find out it was Jesus, if not all the time. But, you know, and even if the addict goes, um, well, I'm not accepting that or whatever, but you know what? That's going to plant a seed, a seed of hope. And That's right. Whether it's, yeah, and that seed, well, the next time around you go, wow, there's another guy that made it through. Well, that was Jesus too, you know. Let's go. Yeah. Who is this Jesus? Who is this next, Jesus? How is this, yeah. You know. Next time and, they'll uh, they'll sit there and say, "I want that Jesus." Soon yeah, enough. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, and that and that's the hope, and that's the, you know, my the you know when my book comes out and my whole thing. It's not that's where the the my pillow has just been a platform. It's a much greater thing for me is to get the. Um, you know, to get the, my evangelistic platform, whatever that's going to be, I have a, it's a pretty, you know, the, the notoriety, the, the Mike Lindell brand, I want to bring hope and bring uh, in, and, you know, get people to Jesus and get them, tell them there is another way. When I backed the president, I was, uh, I was actually at the third debate in the spin room and where all the media is there. And this was about 15 days after that uh, tape that they put, released of his. And, and they stuck their microphone in my face, one of this uh, bad channels, and they said, Mike, you're a Christian. Why, what do you think of the president, the sex, blah, blah, blah? And I said, well, you know what? I was a crack cocaine addict for, and a cocaine addict for 20 years, a crack cocaine addict for 10. And I said, by the grace of God, I quit everything overnight and uh, in January 16, 2009. And I said, you know, I've been in a transformation ever since. I said to just, you know, getting closer and closer to Jesus. I said, when I met Donald Trump, I said, January 16th or, 15, or August 15, 2016, I said, a couple months ago, this is when I was telling him then, I said, I said, uh, that guy I met, I said, he said, that wasn't a guy from 11 years ago. I said, he must be an amazing transformation himself. I said, did you know Phil Robertson read him the gospel? And she pulled the microphone back. She says, never mind. And you know, like, I'm going, you know, I don't know who you're talking about back then, but this guy was, this guy was uh, divinely picked by God and, and uh, he is in an amazing transformation. And I said, and he is, uh, um, he's going to guide our country and save, you know, our country got a second chance by, by all prayer and everything else to get a second chance. Um, and we turned our back on, on God, and we need to bring God back to this country and be and oh, put him definitely. first. And, uh, definitely. And that's where, uh, and uh, and Donald Trump is uh, is uh, he needed to be our president, and God picked him. No doubt. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I will end the show on that, and then uh, we will talk a little bit afterwards. That's a wrap. Okay. All right. Thank you. I want to thank you for listening. If you use promo code REALCUF, R-E-A-L-C-U-F, and go to MyPillow.com, you can do a buy one, get one free pillow. Thank you. And if you need more information on REALCUF, go to REALCUF.com. Thank you. Thank you.